Okay, everyone. Auditions are opening for Zodiac Brave Story. Please come to the stage one at a time. Say your name and what you're auditioning for. Thank you, and let's get started. Hello, I am Laha Brea, and I am auditioning for the role of Ramza Belve. Oh, yes, I, I've seen you working at the Best Buy. Okay, whenever you're ready. <coughs> We shall embark on a journey, a journey together. The crystal's call has been answered, and evil vanquished from the land. We are now free to soar like the griffin by casting off our noble names and forging a new path, one not bound by fate. Uh... Thank you. Thank you very much. That was exceedingly evil for a hero role. We'll be in touch. Oh, bother. La Habrea's beefed it again. Next. Hello. Yes, I, I am a freed. I am here to read for Ramas Bevel. <laughs> Ramas Bevel. That's not his name, but okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Uh, hey, hey, Delito. You, uh, wanna get some coffee sometime? That's not what it says here in the script. Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't summon me with the ability to read, okay? <laughs> Next. Hello. My name's Liza Minnelli, and I'm here to audition for something. Oh, wow. Nice to meet you. Please, go ahead whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, well I was up there in the, the Arbon Monastery, and well, the view was fantastic, and we got, we got, on, we got on the bridge there, and we looked over at the saw of the waterfalls, and oh my goodness, the water splashed up and, and made it feel so, so good inside. And we went into the temple, and then we, we prayed to Jesus. Yes, we did. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed so hard that Christmas came early, and, and then everything was so good inside, I just couldn't keep stop myself from tap dancing and everyone and i did the, the one and the two and the tap dancing was, was so good everyone just started clapping in the monastery and and then with them and every and we saved the world we saved it that's what we did my god that was incredible you're in still pandas This episode of Storm Buds, we hop aboard the Prima Vista and take part in a dramatic reenactment of the Zodiac Brave story, all as part of the quest for Return to Ivalice, the Alliance Raids of Stormblood. Yay! Welcome to Storm Buds. I'm your host of Light, Jerome Barbatsis, and I'm joined by my co-host of Light, Alex Hambrook. Say hi! Jerome, I'm so mad. Why? You're going to take... You're going to take... A traveling theater troupe. Uh-huh. One of my favorite tropes. You're going to hang it on the wall right over the fireplace. Uh-huh. You're going to dangle yeah. the prospect yeah. in front of me the entire time of having a, a wonderful, like, you know, 
theatrical staging performance with like you know fake props and like you know maybe like actors doing bad impressions of characters that we know mm. and and all that fun stagecraft stuff uh-huh. and you're going to hang it over the entire series of quests here uh-huh. and at the end we get two people monologuing for like two minutes and then it's over yeah i wanted so much fucking more <laughs> yeah that's what happened <laughs> if you're not pushing a cardboard chocobo across the stage what are we even doing yeah well um we're, we'll get into what we're doing here on this wonderful episode of storm buds it's the uh final fantasy 14 recap podcast of your dreams that's our tagline now <laughs> sure put it in all the media <laughs> it's the po- <laughs> can we get that on a mug <laughs> It's the, the Final Fantasy fourteen recap podcast of your dreams that you've always wanted, and it's here now. You could join us as as join us as you join me joining Alex going through Final Fantasy fourteen for the first time. Currently, we're in Stormblood. We're doing some side content in that expansion. Um, Sixty second recap to up to this point. Honestly, it doesn't really. <laughs> This is pretty independent. <laughs> this is kind of a this is kind of a standalone We're in segment. That limbo between Stormblood and the there's a little bit Shadow of interweaving but with this and Omega, but not really, not really, not really. So they just kind of appear stage left and exit stage left a few right. times. Well, well, before we get into uh, the the official recap, 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 why don't we do some side quests? What side quests have you got for us today? I just told you I don't have any. What the fuck? <laughs> it's been a very busy couple of weeks. You ain't got no side. You haven't enjoyed anything. Remember, it's not just video games. I guess it's true. If it's not just, mm. you already told us about that one TV show that was not the Man in the High Castle. <laughs> no, for all mankind, <laughs> which you. is a much more optimistic alt future. Yeah, the more I watch that show, the more it's like, huh? Yeah, no. So in their figuring of things. The Soviets beating us to the moon was the best thing that could have happened. And uh, we're currently in the bad timeline. Like, <laughs> oh. everything seems better in their world. Sure, political tensions are at an all-time high, but also they have electric cars in the 80s. And, like, in general, it seems way well, it seems way less shitty than our actual 90s so far. We'll see about that. Do you know things like... No. You don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, other than that, I mean, um, what was I doing recently? I saw a new episode of Succession that just dropped. I've seen no Succession before it, so I had no context for anything happening, but I saw what everyone was talking about. Great. That counts. <laughs> As for me, um, I have been playing a little bit of a game that has been going around the internet, kind of picking up a little bit more steam as of late, called Project Zomboid. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes. It is a survival horror game, um, much that really kind of, and enca- I will suffice. I will summarize it. It's actually quite in depth, a little bit silly in depth, like the the amount of systems and mechanics that you have to kind of understand, and the the ways in which everything interacts with each other in that world are very interesting and it, it very very deep. Um, it as a vibe kind of encapsulates that first time that you go when you're playing like Minecraft. And you like go into a cave for the first time, and you don't realize that there are actually really scary things in that cave, like zombies and spiders and shit. You're like, "Oh fuck! What the fuck do I do?" That's my favorite bit of Minecraft. Every time I start a new game, yeah, yeah, it's like that, like the whole way through. So you um, you are in. It's set in like rural Kentucky, and um, you're kind of drip fed through the radio as you're kind of l- looking around 
the world trying to survive from zombies. You're trying to drip fed through the radio a vague sort of story about how the government is completely just abandoning you and the nation is abandoning you and every everywhere around you and there's like no way out and you just have to like survive and make a life for yourself in the zombie landscape and it's really 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 hard (laughs) i wonder what that would be like to have the government abandon us in a health emergency yeah that would suck um health emergency yeah very much very much survive on your own it's a it's just one of those games where like you're gonna die a lot you're gonna lose progress but you're gonna make an impact like the the progress in that game is not you're not like progressing towards any sort of like story or end goal you're just trying to make a life for yourself um and you you will probably die because it's just just too much to discover and you're like oh okay i guess that sets that on fire uh oh you know <laughs> and like um but when you die when you come back you create a new character and you like you're on the same map and the changes that your previous character made on that map are still there and valid so you can like go back to your old home assuming you didn't burn it down um and you can like relearn all the skills that you did with the books you have left behind for yourself or whatever so like yeah it's it's a setback but also it's just part of the process and also your old character will be a zombie <laughs> that oh, you will have great. to put down <laughs> you find them out there and have yeah. to- <laughs> and you can that's take what, what you had on them so kind of a, 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 a it's you know it's 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 great it's intense um i I, do, I definitely don't play it if i've had like a really rough day at work or something like i need the space to learn it it's not comfort food quite yet but i want it to be so more on that um there's also a multiplayer mode so you can like have a, a host a server and then people can like Ooh. survive together kind of like minecraft again but it's not you're not building your home you're just like trying to survive in rural or like rural kentucky is this 3d is this 2d it's isometric isometric okay yeah 3d so you know it's isometric so kind of um really does kind of look like the sims one now that i think about it but it's Mm. great (laughs) that's an okay aesthetic i missed the sims one (laughs) you miss the sims one until you start playing and then you're like oh yeah okay i miss i miss the i miss the experience in general like i miss all the old Maxis games conceptually, yeah. they're pretty hard to go back to now. But boy, there's some part of me that's like, what if someone made Sim Earth, but it was good? We have that old, I still have that old video of us doing The Sims 3. Oh, on yeah. My, on my Jerome House YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, like years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the pandemic. The audio quality is not good. That was that was a lot of fun. But it was really funny. That video is fun. If you find it, I don't know, enjoy it. It's got like 20 views on it. As Give a it treat. Have a treat for yourself. Be like, oh my God, this audio quality appreciate the journey um well that's gonna do it for side quests it sounds like side quests complete let's get on with the um quote unquote main story quest <laughs> um this begins in kugane so uh we are in higashi and there is a um big old ornate looking airship that has kind of started hovering outside uh that's really weird and we see the quest giver is a just a random person in the Kogani markets. Yeah, kind of some no, guy who no, I think yeah. gives us other quests also or something. He kind of is sort of burying the lead. So once we talk to him, she says, oh, here's your real quest giver. And it's um, uh, it's a it's a Mikota girl, blue hair, named Lena Murala. Uh, she is a reporter. Um, we don't fully recognize her as an individual, but I was gonna she ask. is Muji Murala's sister, who, if you've played this game and you've done the botanist side quest, you'll be quite familiar with. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I was trying to figure out, because like, the game kept kind of implying I was supposed to know who Lena was, and I was like, I don't 
You what? don't know I her. Don't you I... know her sister. Okay. Maybe. If you've done the, if botanist, you've done the side botanist side quests. Okay. She is like she has a sister that's stationed in Gridania covering botany. <laughs> anyway. Kind of great. She's here with a girl named Alma, and mm-hmm. they have a request for us, but they'll only tell us more if we go to this big ornate ship hanging in, in the air out there, <laughs> which is like a weird, like almost like a Colosseum kind of sticking off the back of it. Yeah. Or like an amphitheater. It almost looks like a bis like Bismarck or something. Yeah. Kind of. A big whale. Um, yeah, Alma is this girl. Um, she is pretty similar looking to uh, the Alma of Final Fantasy Tactics, if you're familiar. Just as a general overview, this raid series is a another version of the main story that is told um, in the setting of Final Fantasy Tactics in 12. Really, really focusing its plot points on Final Fantasy Tactics and its arenas on Final Fantasy 12, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Are are those also like the same Ivalis? Like, is twelve those takes two place are, in the world of tactics? Yes, twelve takes place in the world after tactics. So like, okay. it's a it's a sequel. It's a much. It's like a sequel over a long period of time. Okay, so it's the same region. So it's like you know Rome and Italy. Um, anyway, this ship is the Prima Vista, mm-hmm. the stage and home of the majestic Imperial Theater Company. Yes. And I even wrote down here, I said, fuck yeah, I love fake theater companies, because I had high hopes for what was to come. Yeah, hopes yeah, that yeah. would be dashed. They are a Garlean theater troupe, They are, which is interesting enough on its own. Uh, finest practitioners of the dramatic arts. Um, the, their, their kind of history is that they just, they, the, the late emperor Solus was so enamored of the majestic players that he ordered the construction of the airship. I noted that down. That was very interesting to me. But Varus sucky, sucks shit. And he's a narcissistic bureaucrat. And so, so anything he li- doesn't like gets sh- sh- shut down. It's another kind of like exiles are kind of just like mm-hmm. they roam the rest of the world putting on like, you know, performances and yes. stuff. Um, and currently the predicament is that Alma's father, who is the author of the latest version of the Zodiac Brave story, got some cheeky messages past the censors um, before his funding was cut. Um, and um, to to explain why, why we're here, though, Sid shows up out of nowhere and explains that he is connected. Uh, he kind of is a childhood friends with Alma's father named Genomus. Um he was the one that kind of tipped us off or like connected us, I guess. And, um, points out that this Garland is kind of an artist who is working, um, against, against the artifice of political boundaries and, you know, trying to bring all of humanity together, which is kind of a, a nuanced take of a Garland civilian. Who's yeah, not totally. Far into it. Um, and, but the big point is that Genomus has disappeared, uh, right before he was, uh, finishing or just starting to work on the Zodiac Brave stories sequel, which is, um, I just have a note. The Zodiac here. Brave says, Story 2. It says, insert summary of Final Fantasy... Ta- so the Zodiac Brave Story, if you're unfamiliar, it says, bracket, insert summary of Final Fantasy Tactics here, bracket. <laughs> okay, important context. Yes. I last played Final Fantasy Tactics for a few hours in middle school, and yeah. I have never played 12. So I don't I'm, know anything that's about to happen. Great. I'm not... I'm going to... Uh, important rebuttal. I'm not going to summarize that game on this podcast either. Okay. <laughs> we're going to take we're going to take what's given to us at face value. Okay. Um and see how it lands, right? There we we could do some compared contrast for stuff later, but like I don't think I don't think we'll, uh, this I want this to be the space to do that. If for some reason Stormbuds is still going way down the line and we end up playing Final Fantasy Tactics for an episode, we'll do that then. Okay, and then we can we can kind of have a retrospective on Return to Ivelisse. That being said, um, let's focus on the Return to Ivelisse storyline. I will 
make mention of things that are, I guess, supposed to be kind of important or like, oh, this is what this is supposed to refer to and we'll figure out if it lands. But like, I ain't so, that's that game is deep. <laughs> that game is a Final Fantasy game of its own. Um, and we're having a heck of a time trying to summarize this Final Fantasy game. <laughs> Go moving forward with that, um, Genomis, the author, if you remember, he believed that the location of Ivalice existed where nobody else actually does. They all think it's a fable. They think the Zodiac Ray story is just a fairy tale. And he's like, no, it's real. And it's somewhere on the uh, Ilsa Bardian, Bardian continent, which is the continent that is between Eorzea and Authard in the middle. And, and there's some, there's some mm-hmm. stuff, stuff going on here about like there was a young boy named Delita who became the king. That's but- the that's the bracket of insert the summary of Final Fantasy tactics here. Yes, uh, Delita does become a peasant king who rises through the ranks, marrying a queen, and like. And there's this another person, right? Yes, another person. It's like Genomus is convinced that there's like a secret, like hidden character who's been kind of stricken from historical record, mm-hmm. who like is important for reasons that really only become very clear right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is the protagonist of Final Fantasy Tactics, and that okay. does happen to him in the end. Spoilers, um, but yes, she um, right. Alma holds out a, a crystal at this point. The Orosite. The Orosite, uh, which that can't be good news. She says it started speaking to uh, her father, who started getting more and more uh, talkative to himself, and weird. Yeah, we're, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a whole lot of like. Um... Of course, Orosite always worked this way. We're not like inventing new things that it does halfway through the development of this expansion. <laughs> no, it always did this. Kind of. Um, we'll we'll talk about a connection I made midway through. Okay. Um, but yes, like, like we're gonna get a lot of Orosite this episode because um, Orosite's back and it does things like it, it absorbs. Yeah, it's not a. Well, we'll get to it. But it's it, not your typical crystal. It's not like other crystals should pick Orosite instead. Um, fantastic. The um, Ramza at this point shows up from off screen, and he's a real fucking prick about us being outsiders. Yes, Ramza is Alma's brother. Ramza's facial model, I noticed, is really unique, and it almost kind of just looks like a Viera male, like mine. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, they weren't in the game, but Viera weren't in the game yet. That's weird. Anyway, <laughs> Sid, came by- Sid uh, leaves at this point because he's busy with Omega. Whoops. We did this out of order. <laughs> well, we did it. We we separated them, right? These kind of got released interspersed of each other, but uh, that would make for a stupid podcast for him. <laughs> we're gonna cover. To, like, we're gonna cover the first hero of Omega and the first hero of Return to Evilies. And that's oh it. no, that might have been better because it would have been stupid. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. Yeah, things sometimes are better when they're stupid. Ramza is uh, just all upset because he almost died in Rabinaster or so. Whatever. I don't know. He's just a big baby. He literally they 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 make him so unnecessarily douchey for no reason. Um, He's at a this, huge no prick. apparent reason at this point. We'll He's say. a huge prick for large chunks of this yes. of this entire thing. We end up taking a quick shuttle to the royal city of Rabinaster, which is in that continent, so it's quite far far away. Uh, we go look for Genomus. Um, Almo says she wants to come, but Ramza uh, yells at her and calls her a shrine maiden. Basically, <laughs> you're too much of a shrine maiden. You're a mystical girl. You can't do anything. <laughs> he shares the result of Genomus's excavations, stating that uh, Rebanaster was built on top of the royal city of Lesalia, the capital of Old Ivalice, he believes. He gets us into he gets into a bitch fest with Lena, <laughs> the reporter, if you remember. 
<laughs> at this point, they just get into a bitch fest for no reason. And then he's like, you're just here for the fame and money. And she's like, what? No, what? No. I mean, what? No. Yes. and But that's like normal. <laughs> I'm a reporter. I'm going to report on it. Don't you want your, you wanted the word to get out, right? So shut the fuck up. Um, somewhere in the bushes at this point, a band of Banga are anxiously awaiting us. Banga, if you do not know, are a race of people that are effectively lizardmen. They live out in the desert. But they're See, not brother, like they're they not will like come to us. Yeah, I think they use the same similar models of Amal Jaw, but they're not the same as the Amal Jaw. Oh, interesting. I didn't make the connection at all. It looks very so. different. Yeah. 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 I think in one episode, and maybe I've already issued this correction, that I, I didn't really understand why Amal Jaw would call the lizard people, and then I like went and looked, and they have scales all over. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they read as lizards to me from the start. Yeah, yeah, no, they were pretty, pretty, they have like cat faces, but otherwise they're lizard people, I guess. They're weird. Okay, but that brings us to the first of these raids. Yeah, Royal City of Ravenaster. Uh, my first note here is Jesus Christ. Yeah, we had, this was, this was, this one we had a lot of sprouts on. Um, and bless you, thanks for joining us in this game. But it does make Alliance raids very challenging to do. Um, these... So Royal City of Ravenaster. Ravenaster is the, if you don't know, the kind of like starting area of Final Fantasy XII. Um, this part doesn't really, it's not really that analogous to it, but um, basically the bosses are all the summons of that game. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like Mateus is this first one with the water ice thing that you have to spiral around and stand in. It was just a mess. Um you go in and you go into the, the Royal City, which is like a big desert city, and you drop down into the waterways, which are really, really cool. Um, overall theme of the, the overall kind of impression of this, the environments in this area are very, very pretty. It's a beautiful little um, roller coaster ride. These <laughs> fights are hard. Yeah, these fights are pretty hard. They obviously were a lot harder. Um, the per- there was a couple particularly nasty ones that got nerfed to the ground because they overdid it, uh, and it's silly. Um, the, after the waterways, what's the second one again? I never remember. No, it's not after the waterways, is it? No, it's before the waterways. Oh man. You'd think, you'd think after having done this 70,000 times, I would remember. I've done the it sec- once. The second I can't help boss. you. Um, fuck it. The third boss is Rofa Kale. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's the second one in there. It's <laughs> the second one in there. The third boss is Rofa Kale. He's just this guy on a on a chariot that like traps people around what's that second boss is it famfrit no yes it's famfrit it's famfrit okay no it's not famfrit is Wait, that what? famfrit no famfrit's the the water guy in gaug it's the lion hashma hashmal that's it that's it i got it it's hashmal. how do you remember these names oh, yes, they're the fucking they're they're good bosses in final fantasy tactics and stuff <laughs> okay it's the i believe it's the lion guy all right fuck i Man, I have a hard time remembering how to say these names when they're written in front of me. It is Hashmal, bringer of order. I knew it. I should have trusted my gut. I'm cut that out. Anyway, yes, I remember. It's Hashmal. <laughs> it's Hashmal. Um, he does some pillar stuff that's really cool. He like, cuts pillars down, and you got to dodge them, or you die. Um, and he's a bunch of earth, bunch of earth stuff. Then we go into the waterways, and we run into Rufakail, a chariot. Uh, once we get hit into the royal city, which is it does exist. It it's real. It's and real. It's- Enormous. I don't know how anyone ever lived here exactly, but it it's is real. Very impressive. It's a big, impressive, empty space with only pillars. <laughs> like if your city was only aqueducts. <laughs> that's what. That's what the city above was. Yeah. 
Uh, Rofo Kale is this guy is on a horse and he does a bunch of spitty stuff. It's cool, I guess. I don't know. It's fine. It's hard, but I don't want to go too much more into detail on these bosses because when I'm editing these episodes and I get too into the depths of the mechanics of these bosses, I glaze over and I make mistakes. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I bet the audience members are also glazing over. So we're going to move right along. We'll call it, if we have any particular memories of things that happened, I think we'll call yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like in the next one, which is um, uh, the final boss is Argeth. Argeth is a character in Final Fantasy Tactics. They summarized his fate basically after this. But uh, his mechanic, his pri- main mechanic is that he will like show you an angel or a devil face. And depending on which one you have, you have to either follow his instructions or do the opposite. And if you don't, you get a stacking damage up debuff that like that like basically kills you later um, if, you're, if you're bad at it. And then there's a bunch of other stuff. But like that's the primary thing, right? So we kill him, and then um, from his body, Genomus shows up, is released from the, the control of the Aura yes. site. Yes, then Alma's father. He staggers out. Yes. But before we could get to him, that band of Banga, they're here now. They're sky pirates. They're sky pirates. They, they grab drop him. in on their airship. They, dro- they drop in, grab him, grab his book, and they threaten us. They say, okay, hey, give us that. Give us that. We just want this rock, and we'll give you. Give us that rock that you got. Yeah? Yeah, that Aura site. The Aura site. Give us that, and then we'll give you this guy back. And we do that. We make a trade for it because, sure. Yeah. Not? Okay. Whatever. Have the rock. Had this stupid rock that almost killed him, and then, uh, they, but they also take his book. When they just give us Genomus, they also take the book. Yes. That he was writing, which has uh, his notes and the current, as we find out, a, a bunch of translation of the original Zodiac Brave story. Yeah. So the leader here is his name is Bagaman. Mm-hmm. Bagamnon, I think. I don't know. Bagamnon. Bagamnon. And um, and he grabs the Orsite and the Taurus symbol starts glowing on it. And he's like, yes, I have it. The Duma. Yes. Not the Doma. The Duma. Yes. The Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And like I make the Doma joke in my notes and then they make the Doma joke in the actual dialogue like yes, one true. second later. And then and then Bagamnon shoots him for making that joke. Yes. Which is exactly <laughs> what I would have done. The leader shoots him. Jesus Christ. He's like, this is no time for games. I yeah. shoot you. <laughs> and then they depart in their airship. And the guy they shot gets back up and jumps in the ship just in time. And off they go. Yeah. He's being a drama queen. And we're like, okay, whatever. We'll get Genomus back to the ship. Fabulous. That ends that quest. And we get him back to the ship. And mm-hmm. he is on the couch. And Sid is here for some reason, which I thought he was off dealing with Omega. I'm not sure how he got here. Eh. And, okay, and okay, we're getting Orosite mechanics here. Yes. What happened down there was not a primal being summoned. No. The thing that the Orosite is doing is it is absorbing the host's soul, transforming it, and then re-embodying it. So yes. like, you're, you're, like your soul gets transformed, and then that transformation gets manifested. Mm-hmm. Which basically like means that it like it produces powerful beings that reflect the innermost desires and drives of the people who like you know bond with the Orosite. Yeah, that's neat. That's pretty neat. I'm that's I want to see what they do with more with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I assume it's going to come back. I, I assume stuff like this is getting seeded for something that's going to be like Endwalker. Or it's some already shit, it's already been used. How so? Like, okay. <laughs> oh, is this? I need, I need to go back and look at the earlier quest with Bumbrita and stuff. Okay. Mm, maybe not that quite that early, but it's it's been used. The uh, next quest we'll get it. We'll get, they make it a little more obvious later. Okay. The uninvited is the next quest, which is like. Okay, we, we get off the ship and then we oh. go back forward, right? Well, well so we, we get a bit more from Genomus here, I think. Oh, which is better? A, I mean, that, <laughs> that Ramza and Alma, his two kids, are named after historical figures, Ramza and Alma. And oh, yeah, that's Lena's right. like, I never heard mention of any of them in my readings. And he's like... That's the whole point. Did you, were you not listening? Okay, what is anything... 
Yeah, right. He named their kids to remember. Right, the they're descendants of Iran, who wrote the actual like yeah, you know yeah, yeah, account yeah. and then like hid it. So like you know that's why the, the like because the church found it heretical and so they had like they burned all the copies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay. his name is his name is Araslam Durai, and that is the narrator of Final Fantasy Tactics. So Genomis is a pseudonym for this person. His original family name has been. Uh, shunned and whatever they they want to clear their name. That's the whole thing, I guess. Yes, Alma is a bit concerned that her father is losing it. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. Okay, okay, uninvited. Yeah, back aboard the ship, we bring forward an archon of Charlian named Mikoto of House Jinba. She is originally Doman, I believe, from the underwater city, uh, but seems to have left that underwater city to go live and study in Charlian, and has probably not come back, given what we know about them. Boy, for a village of people who never leave, we've met a few people who left there. Yeah, well, well, I guess they never go back. Yeah, they never go back. Uh, the she, she she says that she thought I'd be taller, which is funny. I'm I'm an Aura. I'm like eight feet tall. Yeah. I'm like as tall as the model can get. <laughs> That's fair. The Odious is uh, she she claims is no ordinary crystal. It helped uh, Delita's rise to kingdom. And the ethereal, uh, it's she says something about the ethereal lodestone is facilitation of the specific vibrations as blah 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 techno babble. Sid immediately tells her to try that again. <laughs> Sid, is, Sid, of all people, he was like, in English, please, Einstein. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> he's right. Um, after a couple rounds of that. We learn that thoughts, memories, and feelings are also ethereal phenomena. You know, um, they can be measured as such. And orosite is a crystal that is specifically attuned to the immaterial form of ether. So, um, you know, I guess it's similarly to, you know, like maybe solid state of matter, liquid, gas, and plasma. Sid says, try again here at this point. And I'm like, come on, Sid, I got that one. That wasn't actually that complicated. A strong will or desire can become imprinted upon it and made manifest, which we've already covered. It makes fantasies real, maybe even final. Done. It's like a primal summoning, but it has... <laughs> it doesn't need crystals conveniently. It's its own primal. Neat. Um, why did it summon though? Why did it summon Argath though? He was not a king, but he, he's not a king, but he claimed to be king, right? It was he, he was killed before he could become king. It was, yes, he wasn't going to become king. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> he wanted to be king. He definitely, so- he, 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 he believed in his blood that because of his noble blood that he was entitled to power. So made manifest because of his desire, right? It's not about truth. It's about desire. Also, Argath, total asshole. <laughs> So, but yeah, the crystal took his pettiness and his entitlement and embodied them into this beast that wants to become king. Alma, at this point, is like, this seems dangerous. And Genovis is like, in the hands of the just? Absolutely not. And at that point, I was like... Sid immediately. Yeah, we're both like, hmm. And Sid says, "Uh, yeah, what about... (laughs) No. What about about, uh, all of the Empire's bullshit? (laughs) Seriously. Um, Sid leaves due to pressing concerns, probably with the Omega thing that we already killed. Um, Lena's question about whose desires currently the Odious has imprinted upon it is interesting because yeah. we don't know. There's two crystals here. The Duma was the one that we just fought and that yeah. was taken by the pirate lizards. And the Odious is the one that we have currently. Yes. 
Uh, that is correct. I don't know if there are any other crystals with names on them in this quest line. I think those are the two primary ones we dealt with. Um, uh, Alma is trying to like, you know, she's like, I heard some voices coming out of the crystal. And then Ramsey and Ram- gaslights her. He's immediately like, that's <laughs> stupid. In a way that's, that's really stupid. harsh. You're crazy. <laughs> he, he's really laying into his sister. It's questioning. Absolutely abusing her, yeah. He, he is awful. Like, and... This keeps building to a point where it becomes sinister later on, and I kept waiting for them to do anything with it, and they don't. Yeah, they and- sure don't. <laughs> um, he completely berates her for no reason, but to cut the tension, a Moogle shows up. Oh, that's just what we needed. Just exactly what we needed. Uh, this is a Moogle named Mont Blanc, who is um, in Final Fantasy XII and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, the... More of a wise figure, actually. He's kind of the leader of a clan and, like, a really cool Moogle. And and this, uh, he wants to, he wants, he just wants to join the troop. We'll see how he is in this. Um, He's and a seeker, continu- seeker of thrills, an adventurer extraordinaire. Absolutely. And Ramza uh, continues being the worst and makes him cry with such a harsh rejection. Uh, Genomus is less of a sicko and asks him, what's up? What do you, what, what drives you here of all places? Um, the Mughal Mont Blanc makes a, makes a passionate plea and uh to you know just this the seeker of adventure and he just saw this ship i was like that's cool and but here comes hurdy to throw him under the fucking bus like you've been a theater fan for like two nights before that you were trying to learn axes (laughs) before that and before that you had a sourdough starter (laughs) that's exactly where i was going (laughs) oh lord hurdy is a a sibling of his he's in a different i think he's in final fantasy tactics good advance too so they have like the kind of two advanced Moogle companion characters right next to each other. They argue until Ramza yells some more garbage. Um, and again, he's being capital T, the capital W worst. Why is he being capital T, the capital W worst? Uh, Genomus, please stop making him being capital T, the capital W worst <laughs> at this point. Do something about your son, who is clearly being very abusive to a bunch of strangers. Monk Blanc, uh, instead, makes up a challenge out of Ramza's outburst, saying that, wow, if you think I'm such a craven, because that's one of the things he, he says, you know, out of nowhere, uh, I'm going to go kill a monster, and then you have to let me into the theater troupe. And Ramza's, and Ramza's said, like, I no, didn't agree to that. And nobody nobody said that, and then he leaves and does it anyway. So, okay, it's pretty funny. Let's go stop him from dying. We got to go track this guy down. He's he's in Kugane. He's being, or not Kugane, um, Doma. He like He's trying to kill... A couple of red chocobo. I, at this point, am rolling up like 10 levels higher than this quest. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just like, uh, this will be easy. And surprisingly not. These red chocobo were weirdly tough. Yeah, they are pretty. They were fucking brutal red chocobo. Maybe they scaled up. I don't know. Um, they were really hard. And, uh, you know, I just, I'll take a moment here. I'm giving this story the reverence it deserves in my recap. <laughs> you are? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm just... I I know you want to get into more of why it's why it's bad, but like it's just full of weirdly abusive language and poor characterizations of uh, of in in a franchise that is referencing like it's kind of a self-referential franchise thing, and they don't even do it the best of justice. So I'm a little bitter about this, And, and like. Thus far, Alma's questions of, like, why does this matter? Why are we doing this? Have not really been answered. And they don't really get well answered. They like, have not been answered. They're great questions. She's the only reasonable person in this entire scenario. <sighs> Character motivation's just thinly sketched. Like, nobody knows that we're <laughs> that we're these descendants. 
We have different names. Oh, cripes. Uh, we go back on the ship. Oh, that and also, like, I don't know what my ancestors did, like, five generations back. Oh, seriously, you? yeah, no. Of course not. <laughs> I, well, no, I mean, all my ancestors are in completely different countries three generations back. So, maybe, maybe if I really looked, I could find out, but... Um, back on the ship, we get there, but they're back. The Bengar are there. They beat us. The, 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 they've taken over the ship. They've taken over. They've taken Alma hostage. Oh no! For like two seconds, and then they're like, "We just wanted your attention here. Have her back." <laughs> That's true. That's sure. Why not? Um, they uh, they're looking for their leader, uh, Bagamnon, who, which is funny, after they tried to kill Genomus and steal his work. <laughs> they're like, "Wow, that's cool. Why should we help you?" They turned to us over literally anyone else. Yes. Um, however, they have our book and our favorite Alma, and they release all that. They just want our help. Um, they now, but we now have reason to believe that the Dura, Duma, Duma. Why did I Dura, Duma? And I'm not going to correct it. Now being empty of Argoth's will, ate uh, Bagamden's ether instead. Whoops. Specifically, that soul part of his ether. So he's like a big old uh, walking zombie now. Um, yeah. Ramsay is racist towards these guys too, yeah, and the like, Mughals also call it out. Yeah, he's like they're like. I mean, we we ask him like what he wanted, what Bagamna would want most, and he's like, oh, he wanted the Embardet. And I just have a note here in the mid sentence: shut up, Ramza. <laughs> they're like one and all. Ramza gets all indignant about it. Um, anyway, and, and Mughal calls it out. This guy, tongue is super, just poison. Just poison. This person is poison, and I don't get it. They were sold. The Banga, going back to the people that matter, uh, they were soldiers of the Dalmascan army, the Fusiliers, gunners, which are Fusiliers, a specific like class and tactics advance. Um, and Nalbana Fortress is a fortress in the Dalmascan territory that fell to Garleans 30 years ago. Uh, Bagamnon and his crew were tasked with escorting of Princess Ashelia, which failed, and she died, and then since then has sworn vengeance upon the Empire. Uh, interesting. I am so much more interested in that little peek we get at that story than I am in anything else going on here. Well, good. I mean, yeah. I would say that that story is in Final Fantasy XII, but the Empire is a little different. Okay. <laughs> um, conveniently, something uh, was added to the end of the journal Genomas notices at this point. It just says the word Ridorana for some reason. I guess we're if that's a place, we're going there. If it's a person, we're meeting them. We don't know what it is. Um but well, I guess Makoto. You know, it's Makoto, a lighthouse. You know, yes, you went to, it's a lighthouse. Pipes up. There's a, a lighthouse at the end of a, 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 at the end of the sea, and there's a cataract that is so big um, that any scholar that has flown or sailed past it um, has never come back. And it's just kind of an, a great unanswered mystery that's there. I don't know. Maybe we'll deal with it later. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be completely discarded. Don't think about it too hard. Next quest: desire. Desire. Okay. Weird thought, because there's uh, no mention of a lighthouse or a cataract in any of the additional re- uh, records, uh, so says Rams, I believe. Maybe, maybe, perhaps, that cataract did not exist at that time and could be a result of a calamity that happened. Perhaps a calamity involving water. <laughs> that the was calamity some, that of was, water. Yes, yeah, so that was around 500 years ago. <laughs> um, so after, we get there, and it is... Um, it is a light. Not, it's a tall building at the end of a, a water thing. You, you called it like a Studio Ghibli lighthouse, and I, I had the exact same thought. It looks so much like the bathhouse from Spirited Away. It's very tall, very very blocky. <laughs> lots of windows. Lots of windows. Lots like of gears. Thousands of windows. It's 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 uh, very asymmetrical. <laughs> um, we go and investigate. This is uh, we we 
we get we 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 hop right, up on a we hop up on a little rock and we pick out a little spyglass. Yeah, Ramza wants us to look for the captain, and so we hop up. We can so we do get to do a little eye spy, and we just see him wandering across the ground in front of like the road yeah, up like to the two lighthouse feet in front of us. <laughs> he's just hanging out, kind why? of wandering, disoriented. This quest is uh, why do they make us do that? There's no point. We could have just. Walked at a certain point and triggered a cutscene. Okay, so we need to go help him. He's fixated on the crystal. He's trapped in his own ennui. We try and kind of stop him, but like he gets a vision of like the crystal's distorting his vision, making him perceive us as like hostile Garleans in full Garlean armor with Magitek and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he attempts to shoot Lena, and we just uh we get in there in between and like you know knock the gun out of his hand and stab mm-hmm. him basically. And I stab him with my book. I stab him with my rapier because I'm. <laughs> I was a scholar. He got stabbed. Eat scholastic fury, <laughs> paper cuts. And so he's dying there on the ground, and the orosite speaks to him, tempting him, and he offers himself unto it, and then rises with glowing gold eyes and transforms and vanishes. And it's like, okay, we're gonna go back to the ship and figure out what to do next because that was weird. Yeah, uh, he calls us off. He sees the light of the transformation, and it's like, hey, let's go away instead. Um, and we deduce that his soul at this point has been completely consumed and we should probably go and stop him before he goes on a rampage of some sort. Ramza also discovered while there that the lighthouse, um, or deduced, uh, because of all the fucking gears everywhere, (laughs) that the lighthouse is actually part of the clockwork city of Gaug, which would explain why there was not really a whole lot of mention of it prior being to being a lighthouse because it wasn't it's just a city yeah two notes here first this quest is called annihilation which mm. i actually think is a reference to the jeff vandermeer novel that was turned into the movie of the same name because that is a story about a quest for a mysterious lighthouse so Ooh. i don't know just great book i love that series and i think that's what they're doing here fabulous also, um, Alma is like, should we abandon this? And Ramza says, and I quote, the adults are talking. Fuck this guy. <laughs> this guy's the worst. This guy's the worst. One of the banga also um, points out the talisman on Alma's person being identical to the one Bagemnet had. And Ramza's like, what the fuck are you trying to say? You're accusing her of stealing? And the lizard's like, no, no chill. No, they God, just no. look the same. What? <laughs> so, Yoraz. <laughs> There is a... Lena is also getting sick of Ramza. There is a... Alina's been sick of it. There is a web animated short from the early, early days of the internet called Space Tree, the the Space Tree in Space. And there is an episode on it where there is a bounty hunter who is looking for um, mythical creatures to kill who is on their uh, ship and he keeps inventing these reasons. And this scene reminded me of that. Where like, so he's talking to the barkeep, um, and he's like, "What is that in your glass? Blood?" <laughs> and it's like, "No, it's wine." So you admit it? Admit what? <laughs> You're a vampire and you drink blood. No, what? No. <laughs> That's what this all feels like. <laughs> this is just. This all feels so bananas. Absolutely bonkers, um, but not in not always in a good way. <laughs> Uh, we uh, queue up for the raid okay. at this point. Which I actually, I remember a bit more about this one because I did my this lines really raids fun. this morning I and I got this one again. I so <laughs> I just did it like eight hours ago. This one I do love. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the first first boss of this is Famfrit with the water jug. He's yep. spin, he does a little spinny. And if you're in front of the water jug, you go... <laughs> 
And you got That's water really tornadoes fun. all spinning around. Yeah, it's, it's water a, lot of, a lot of dodging to do. The second boss is um, Belias, the Fire Gigas. He has control over time and fire, I guess. Why not? Sure. Um, and you have to, like, there's a bunch of clock mechanics and stuff. There's one that people control. Like, uh, there's a couple, there's an opportunity on that fight where people control and damage the raid, and it's annoying. And I think that there's a couple of those. Those are my least favorite alliance raid mechanics where you, like, have to trust 23 other people not to fuck everyone over. Like, stop. Statistically, the odds aren't great. Yeah. I mean, sure. I don't know. Um, The, uh, the the third boss, however, is the best boss. Is this, this construct? Guy, yeah, eight? yep. Yeah, this, this guy like rules. Uh, he's just a, he's just a robot guy. Um, he his main mechanic. He, there's a lot of AOE patterns to dodge, as with every boss. His main mechanic, though, is he subtracts your HP total to the single digits. Yes. So you are assigned a number between one and nine. <laughs> um, maybe not even nine. I don't even know if it goes up to nine. You I've gotten eight, but never okay, nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are then given four area effects to stand in labeled one, two, three, and four, and you have to, and those will add to your HP total and you have to calibrate your vitals to a number that is divisible by the number that he says. Or is prime. Or prime. prime. (laughs) Yeah, I did prime once. Um, so I'm just like, uh, H prime three eleven. Good. Okay. okay, Yes. (laughs) That's a pretty challenging one. Um, also, the game is very good, and it, if you if you have one HP and you do not change your HP on the prime one, you will get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> one is not prime, everyone. No, it's not. <laughs> I usually say one is not prime as a reminder to people. <laughs> like, hey, one's not prime. Don't. Because what's fair? What's fair about it is that his attack when he does the prime one is called indivisible. Oh, one sure, is indivisible, but it's not prime. <laughs> So, but he also says calibrate to prime in the text. So it's a translation issue. Anyway, anyway. the uh, <laughs> Jinx, you owe, you owe me a, a Coke. No. Oh, shit. Okay, we get to the top. <laughs> he beat me. We get to the top and we fight uh, the fully transformed Begamnon, who now goes by the name Yasmet. And looks like an angel from Bayonetta. Absolutely looks like a weird Bayonetta thing. Is the final boss, it's actually the super boss, the hidden super boss of Final Fantasy XII. We get to fight him. Uh, he has a lot of HP. <laughs> a lot of HP. We're like fighting this thing for like five minutes and it's down to like 95%. We're like, huh, that's weird. Also, what happened during this fight? You said you had never seen this before, yeah. but then it happened to me again this morning. What did you do? Okay. When so- he does the thing where he sucks a few people up into a big spinny vortex, yeah. he threw me off the edge and I just fell to my death. This happened to I me I have to look twice. this up. He has that Cyclone. Uh, AoE whirling all players around. Okay, so Cyclone, the mechanic reads, AoE player whirling all, player, all players around significant damage. Group should be above 50% health. If a player has the floating debuff from Magnetic Lysis, uh, when this attack executes, they will be thrown out of the arena, resulting in instant death. Yasmat telegraphs this ability by moving to the center of the arena and shouting, Feel the wrath of my brothers. The first time will be the prelude to the ultimate phase. Spawns three Arcadia demons, whatever. Okay. Yeah, so I got hurled out of the arena twice. <laughs> that would explain. Is there another? No, that's it. Great. I'm glad we got that covered. Um, stop doing that. So, <laughs> but that fight's fun. You then there's just the middle phase where you like break the heart of it. Basically, just glorified Titan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just break his heart, of, and then his health goes way down. With a couple of Alexander off. mechanics in there with the yeah. magnetic stuff. It's cute. It's cute. Um, 
the end of that. Uh, after that raid, Ramza ends up touching the talisman that Bagamna left behind that was identical to his mother's and uh, collapses. And that's weird. Um, it just zaps him. Yep. Yeah, we get some, we carry him back on board and um, the Mughals tell us that these pendants are actually orosite. They can feel it because the Mughals are highly sensitive creatures, just like me. Are you sensitive to ether? I'm so sensitive to everything. Okay. Um, now here's a here's a point where instead of like summarizing the text in my own words, I just screenshotted it because, my God, just. You want to read it for us? No, I don't want to read it for you. you no to... one, no one wants to read all this. You want me to read it? So it's so dense. I can read it right now. You could not. I, no one wants you to. This is the whole problem with this whole alliance raid. It's just text, 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 text. No voice acting. <laughs> and while it's all happening, you're hearing this constant Moogle noise. <laughs> Somebody please turn That's the moogles off. That's true. You are Whoa. Whoa. I can't. F- this is a library. Mont Blanc, please stop okay. existing so loudly. <laughs> the long and short of it, as I gather, is that there's some kind of the pendants or orosite, the will imprinted onto them is, has a strong desire to return to Ivalice. And so anyone who wears them has been sort of like has... Except that, but but almost the one who doesn't want to go back, and Ramza is the one who does. So what? Alma, um, if the pendants contained the will to return to Ivalice, and Ramza had it, that would explain why he's been so single-minded on this to the point of being a dick. But Alma's the one with the pendant, and she doesn't give a shit, and she wants to give the whole thing up. So I don't actually know what's going on. Well, the next quest is the path of most resistance. <laughs> Ramza goes through a personality <laughs> shift here and turns super nice. Yeah, because he really wants to get to Ivalice now. Is that what's going on? I don't fucking know. Okay. <laughs> I really tried. <laughs> I really tried. Oh, so okay. Bagamna, so so Bagamna considered the necklace special, right? It was special because in the of Prince Lassler is to return it to the princess. Yeah. Um, each necklace has acted a lodestone during a post. Okay, yeah, you were basically right. I'm like really trying to figure out why, whose will that is. The path of most uh, is it Orin's? I, oh, I think it's I think it's the bad ladies. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I think it's her. Okay, the path of most resistance is the next quest, and like the weirdness continues yeah. because I, I'm going to tell you how this all read to me. Okay. Lena is worried about Alma. She's sick. So we go back on board the ship. Genomus is trying to trace the path that Ramza, um, the, the historical Ramza took. We explain that we're here because Lena is worried. And Ramza is like, oh, I apologize if we worried you, although I expected more discretion from Lena. And I'm just like, okay, bad vibes. The doctors have been to see Alma, and they can't tell what ails her. So it's assumed that just being away from home has tired out her fragile heart. Still lots of bad vibes. Alma comes out and collapses as she greets us, and Ramza rushes her back to her bed, but she looks very sick. The vibes on this are so bad. The way that this looks is that something is really wrong with Alma, mm. and like Genomis and Ramza are at best completely ignoring it, and at worst have been possessed by like spirits from the past that are making them do things mm-hmm. that are like making that are making them ignore what she needs. And the thing is, I think none of that is true. I don't know why any of this is here. <laughs> It just, it looks like they're like gaslighting their daughter and treating her medical problems as just something to rest off with some sea air or something. 
Yeah, which is weird given I mean, given that they know that she's wearing orosite on her neck constantly, you would think they would put two and two together. Um, but they didn't. Well, Mikoto's here too, I guess. <laughs> Genomus gives us I, a good summary of the previous alliance raid. I even get a chance to say, hey, before we do anything else, shouldn't we see the Alma first? And Genomus says, the doctor says she'll be in no immediate danger. Her spirit just needs to right itself. I'm like, what are we fucking doing? Uh, I don't know. I wish I had any. I, I try. Okay. I, I have, I'm, for the most part, I do have answers. Or if I don't, I just say, enjoy the ride. It's just like, like Ramza returns from seeing her to bed and acts super nice towards the Mughals. And the whole thing has this weird uncanny vibe where I swear to God, I thought he was possessed. Yeah, I thought too. like some kind of weird spirit was inside him. Like, and like, and like, we don't understand that like we're being lied to basically. Yeah. Something's compelling him, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Genomus ends up discovering a struggle with an unknown force in the Zodiac Brave translation, uh, capable of a calamitous ruin. The final destination of this struggle ends up being um, the Arbon Monastery. Um, can someone please turn the Mughals off? I'm trying to pay attention. I think I already made that joke, but I'm going to make it again because it keeps happening. It keeps going. Um, her name is the the high, Ultima the High Seraph as the end up creator of the Horusite and likely progenitor of the Ultima spell. Remind me what the Ultima spell does? Unleash Ultima. I don't know. It blows shit up. See, that's that's what I thought. But then they're all like, Ultima, it's so strange. It couldn't possibly be of this world. And I'm like, couldn't it? It seemed like it mostly was just a very powerful spell. We have a lot of those. It's a spell not particularly normally possible here on Hydaelyn, given that given the way ether works. Um, b- well, the physical ether works. Um, but like, okay. Do you remember? Do you remember what powered the Ultima weapon? It's a little art, a little known artifact called the Heart of Sabik. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about that completely. It's a little rock that has a weird name. Oh my god, it's an orosite. It's probably an orosite. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay, okay. It's all coming together. Yes, so that's like like this did exist. Okay, <laughs> beforehand. Okay, they are they are stitching some things together in a way that is coherent. Yes, um, that the orosite is not the weird part of this quest. No. <laughs> you're like Tony like what they have to possibly this is weird they totally made up like no this is like the one thing that makes sense (laughs) okay this makes sense I believe you you've convinced me this makes sense it's kind of ironic though that everything else is so distorted (laughs) um the Mughals scouted the Arbonne monastery for us but we uh, but rather than being able to go and live out our Final Fantasy fan fiction, tactics fan fiction, extravaganza, War of the Lions fan fiction, one problem, um, there's Viera there, and they're not fond of trespassers. No, Viera, the Viera do not like outsiders. They will shoot us with their bows and their guns and their, and their bombs and their things in our heads, in our heads. So we need to go recruit a Viera who can help us get into their territory. There are primals. You having yeah. fun? Of course, I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to have fun recapping this content. This week, this this my my headspace for this particular content was not in the best space. I just have had a very busy, stressful sort of past five days. Yep, same. and then like having to come in and do this. <laughs> Look, we're moving at a good clip. We are close to the end yeah, of this. Yeah, we are really close to the end of this, but I'm just explaining my attitude. So I'm just I'm just I'm just letting loose. 
just kind of let loose. You know what? I can't hold you back. Let it all out. I already did. Sorry for the smell in advance. Um, at this point, I have a note here. I lost focus at this point. <laughs> just like it, you know, you know, <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, some stuff we have going on here. Makoto is suspicious about the Alma's illness. She thinks the Orsite is making her sick. Just take the pendant away from her. Like, yeah. oh my god. Um, Sid comes in with a deus ex machina of Makoto's making. It looks like a nice vibrator. I guess. Yeah, we're going to... It's sh- like a big horn... I, I have a letter opener. Hey, Ramza, shove this up your ass! <laughs> god. It's a pointy fang-like letter opener dagger for you. vibrator thing. Yeah. And it's going to do something mysterious. <laughs> Dual uh, purpose, letter opener, and vibrator. <laughs> you know, they used to call them back massagers for, like, you know, for deniability. Now they call them letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Letter openers. Yes. Okay. <sighs> okay. okay uh, yes. yada, yada, yada. The illness is, she tells us that the illness is weirdly timed. Uh, it's probably orosite. We should probably destroy it. But Alma comes out. She saith nay. And, um, um, and so the dildo Makoto has will end up placating the Virgo stone. I've played this game three times and I'm still lost. <laughs> <I've> okay. <laughs> the important bit is that we go outside. We have no idea where to find Avira. So it's very fortunate that we leave and Boggy, one of the uh, pirates. Wants to- Boggy, he's Italian. He wants to talk to us. He wants he, us to talk. He goes, hey, you meet a leader. He wants to take us back to the leader of the Dalmascan resistance, who just so happens to be a Viera. He's <laughs> just, uh, come meet a funny lady. It's like, like they've, like he and his, his brothers have all like re-enlisted in the resistance and they want to meet me because they want to see if we can basically pull like, you know, the same thing we did with Doma and Girabania, but for, uh, for the, um, the, the Damascus. She's the daughter of Mussolini. She, she's she's good people you should trust her so we travel all the way back to the ruins from the first raid and we go to the giant city underneath and we meet her her name is Fran. she also cracks what we expecting i'd be taller even though again i'm like eight feet tall uh, yeah um also um for, well Cor- Fran, main character main cast member of final fantasy 12 so woo fan fiction yeah um also mom blanc's like i can't believe this is a viera here it's weird that there's actually a viera here i can't i've never seen a viera and i am just standing there like i'm right here hello this has not aged well <laughs> i okay here's I, I, i'm gonna say this here i'm gonna try and not say it every time the viera come back mm-hmm. um fran like her character she's got personality i'm into it yeah her armor is so stupid yeah, there are Viera with much more reasonable armor. Okay, I, 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 that's just how she looks in twelve. Okay, I was like, I'm not generally a bikini armor person, and even by the standards of bikini armor, this stuff is rough. It's um, it's very agile. Whatever. Anyway, okay, <laughs> that's it. That's all I can say. Whatever. It's she, just we've. <laughs> she's wearing approximately uh, four square inches of steel good for her anyway okay so but what she actually wants to do she's like she's like she's she but she is personality wise great lover she's mm-hmm. awesome because she's like immediately calling us in our shit and being like you fight garleans but you're hanging out with garleans right now and like you claimed like support resistance movements but also you know you're allied with the trade guild who then do business with the garleans and you and so basically like you know if we are the resistance here in Delmasca, we have aligned interests, but we want you to go to the Aorzean Alliance and ask and like basically like petition them for help in the way that you know they provided help for the Domans and the and the and the 
Alamegans. Gear Abanians? No. <laughs> the way your hand is just like, jutting out to the right. And it's like, this is where this is in Eorzea. I'm visualizing this nation right now. I can't say the name, though. It was very fun to watch. And also, she's she's like, and also because you do trade with the Garleans, we think we are entitled to some of that uh, money because we suffer bloodshed underneath them. And we're like... And I guess. Yeah, we can't say... We're not going to say no to your face. And we're like, okay, well, we need this to, like, we need her to possibly ally with us in order to get in, in order to, in order deal to with get stuff in with to deal with this, yeah, Genoma stuff. So we'll go do all of this. Yeah. We will, we'll go make the case. I mean, we could also have just been like, ah, sorry, it's too hard. Sorry, Genomas. I guess you're just not going to get into the Orbone Monastery. Yeah, honestly, we, like, have, we honestly don't really have a whole lot of say in this. Yeah, we're that's stake too. at this point. We just don't have that much stake to, to, what the fuck? But here we go. Um, Lena, uh, oh, never mind. Uh, we go, um, so we basically, we, we basically like, we, we kind of skip over the bit where we delivered the message of these requests to all the relevant people. Yeah, we kind of did skip it just, over it. It just, just kind of did it for us. Yeah. And, which is nice, honestly. But, yes, exactly. I was so worried this was going to be crazy. Now, we get called the Ruby Bazaar because Hancock has an answer from the, um, from the trading company. And it is no. Yes, we get there, and Tataro and Yugiri show up as representatives of Eorzea and Doma, respectively. And the trading alliance says no, and Tataro says no, and Yugiri says no, and just no help for the. It is not a mutually beneficial arrangement for anyone. (laughs) And Yugiri says, "Like, look, like you're a bunch of splintered cells, and the last time anyone tried to rise up, it was a bloodbath." So, you know, we can't get involved until you kind of organize your shit and have some kind of unified resistance movement. And Lady Fran is there, and she's like, ha-ha, exactly as I suspected. And Yugiri seems really upset about this. She's genuinely, like, sad to deliver this news. And Fran's just like, no, I fucking knew you were going to say no anyway. Yeah, she just wanted to prove it to um, their leader, I guess. Some princess. So Lena says, you meet? knew this whole time that your demands would be rejected, yet you still let this farce play out? And I said, yeah. I mean, that's why I do this podcast. <laughs> but, um, tush. <laughs> uh, fabulous. So they had to, um, we get back on the ship and Alma, you know, with Fran in tow, I guess, to because she's just like, yeah, whatever. Let's hang out. She has she has some ulterior motive, right? I don't know. Yeah, and like Fran apparently is like supporting some princess who's a leader who like wanted to make some, those naive requests. Some princess by get, the name of Ashelia. Ashelia, okay, who's supposed to be dead but isn't. Oh, it's that Ashelia. Yeah, I guess I probably shouldn't have assumed there'd be. More no, than it's one. the same. It's the same one, and she's like, they talk a little bit about Bagamnon at that point, and she's like kind of wish i had the chance to tell him that ashilia was alive <laughs> that was a diversion to save her life from the garlean empire <laughs> i'm also more interested in this story than genomis's story yeah like, it's <laughs> way cool if only we were told it i thought we would get only, more of the stuff with ashilia yeah if only she showed up whatever it's weird how much this centers around her without her being there anyway, so Fran we get back like, to the ship and yeah. uh, alma Long story short, Alma gets possessed, eventually, now possessed, with the desire to return to Ivalice. She finally succumbs to this illness that everyone has been gaslighting her about. Um, weird. Um, and then she gets possessed and teleported away, thinks the artist's sight. And this should have been the start of this fucking quest chain. Uh, okay, this bit is pretty good, because... 
the way it actually plays out here is pretty good. Alma starts by kind of just like finally losing her patience with Genomis and Ramza and yeah. like sort of just being like, this isn't about Ivalis or about the Oran name. You just want to bring mom back to life. You don't even know. And then she's like, you just want to use the Oran set to bring mom back to life, which you don't even know how to do. But I do. The High Seraph has told me. If we free her, she yeah. will reveal the secrets of creation. And like, just like her transition from like, understandably getting mad at her dad to then going full on like, but I have been shown how to re- receive ultimate power. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pre- pretty, pretty excellent. Yeah, she gets yout into hell, I guess. Yeah. Um, she gets hell razored. <laughs> yeah, her eyes flash purple and she goes, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Bye bye. Um, and Fran's like, oh, well, I was going to try and steal that aura site from you guys, but not anymore. And we were like, you just, you didn't ha- even have to say that. Thanks. <laughs> you just didn't have to say that. You could have just been like, oh, well, this is serious now. Let's go. Uh, how about I just help you? <laughs> okay. And so then follow along with me here. Yeah. So Alma got kidnapped into a weird black portal. Yeah. So we fly to the monastery. Uh-huh. And we sat down outside. Yeah. And Alma is right there. Oh, still possessed. Cool. So, er, so then her eyes go back to normal and she begs Ramza to help her. And then she vanishes again. But then Ramza pulls her out of the portal. And I toss him the magic dagger thing. And he uses it to break the bubble. And then he gets yanked in. And so Alma was gone for all of about 45 seconds. Yeah. I'm not even joking. There wasn't even transit time. Yeah. She gets y- yanked and then she gets immediately yeah, unyanked. Again, this should have all happened before we went on that wild goose chase to give us some sort of stake to be invested in. And also she would have been gone for a little bit longer. And it would have actually felt like, oh, that was a relief, to, you know, to get her back. Uh, but yeah, body switch. Oh, we were baited. Rams is gone now. And also there's a, okay, the city of Los Angeles. Next quest. Uh-huh. There's a dumb thing here where it's like Ultima was like the, the Ultima spirit talking via people was talking about the blood of its invokers and at first we thought that it referred to genomus as ancestors but actually it meant the figurative blood of its invokers which is the lineage of the warriors of light and that's why i am being called here to do all this and it's just it's huh? exactly huh? <laughs> what? what 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 why what does this <sighs> twist serve it's barely even a twist it wasn't hinted at or anything doesn't matter it doesn't matter let's go in to our brown monastery okay let's do the part that everyone actually remembers which is the fights okay the fights are good fights are really good um we cross this bridge over a lovely ravine into the monastery and we are met with mustadio bonanza who is uh who transforms into a big robot boy um and uh we have to dodge a bunch of gunshot attacks very cool very cool um he runs off he, he he stuns us for a bit flies off to the side readies a big sniper rifle and then we have to show him a, we have to like face a certain direction so that uh, the area that the little bubbles around us aren't really facing him so that there's basically like there's like a circle around us and then there's a little hole in that circle that's not like it's like a, almost like a C basically right and then you show him the gap of the C and everyone in the alliance raid always says show him your hole <laughs> I got it wrong. You, you did not show. You were not into that. You were like, I no thought way. I had to move. I was I running keeping, around. I am keeping my hold of myself. I don't care if I die. <laughs> um, but that's pretty good. That's it. Uh, the ne- That's all that's worth covering there, I think. And sniper the next, rifle is very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. The next fight is um, Agrius Oaks. She transforms into a big... Uh, 
sword lady. I don't even remember what her boss battle actually form looks like, but whatever. Um, and there's a bunch of different other mechanics where you like pick up a sword to get a sword duty action, or you pick up a shield to get a shield duty action to block some of her different attacks. And then you just play off of that for a little while. Yeah, it wasn't too hard. And then some they split off the alliance raids to do some other things. Whatever. It's a, it's not nah, it's fine. Is it's this some people point. got sucked into the weird blue void? Yeah, like, yeah, but we, we didn't. didn't yeah, so. we didn't. Um, but the, you just have to. It's basically the same thing. Um, the same gimmick. The third fight, however, <gasps> Thunder God Sadolphus Orlando is uh was a fucking bitch. They nerfed him about twice, three times. Nerf him once. Nerf him twice. Can't keep a good man down. Three. Liza Minnelli tries to balance Orbone Monastery. <laughs> Not letting Liza die. Not letting her go. <laughs> Live at United Center. <laughs> Maybe we'll reduce the damage on this attack. <laughs> All right. Okay. I've got to stop, but it's too this fun. One, this one mostly was easy to track because I just went where everyone else went most of the time. Most of the time. You, didn't, you didn't get stuck with any of the mechanics, really, that were like individual callouts. We did beat uh, it pretty quick. We did beat it. The, 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 the DPS in this raid was thankfully exceptional. <laughs> Um, but Orlando just has a lot of different mechanics that evolve. Reading the the boss and like standing in the right place, you just if you mess up, it just fucks everyone up. <laughs> it's just harsh. The final boss is Ultima the High Seraph. We get there, um, and she's stuck to the wall. And basically, this first phase is she puts a bunch of ground AOEs down that you like can't pass through, and then she summons. Re, she summons versions of Famfret, Hash, uh, Belias, and Hashmal to revisit her the old mechanics of the water jugs and the the earth towers and the fire clocks and the all sorts of stuff. And you're doing all this stuff while a bunch of other stuff is happening. And um, in the middle of it, she destroys the arena. Basically, you get into a bubble that is provided by Agrius, Mustadio, and Orlando. Um, in the middle of the fight, you get into this bubble for a safe spot. It, everything gets destroyed, and there's a huge healer check of just like constant AOE damage. And then Rams is like, "No, yes, stop it!" So much damage. He stops. He stops. St- st- goes in, and then we get down to the second phase, and basically she melts <laughs> before before any real mechanics happen <laughs> that are like interesting. Um, but we end up beating her. What's what's it? What's What's supposed to be interesting about that fight, we didn't even see. There's like one mid phase where like we can't do anything. We just have to run with acceleration bombs, just like Ozma. There's not a whole lot that's interesting and new about it. I feel like the the star of the show is the Thunder God, Sidolphus Orlando, and then Ultima is just kind of there afterwards. Yeah, no, like, it was kind of anticlimactic, but mm-hmm. it was fine. Speaking of the music, part of what makes this really challenging to go through is that all this music is Final Fantasy Tactics music, which is good. But it's not appropriate for this style. Like it's very subdued, um, and it's not, and it doesn't loop that much because it is all like menu music in a Final Fantasy game where right. the menus you're not going to be in the menus for more than like a couple minutes most of the time, right? So it's like, why are we just like this sleepy sort of thing? You're reading a bunch of text, like oh, and the ugh, gosh. Anyway. Um, music is it's it's important strange to strange vibes, up, but yeah, the, strange vibes the whole the, way through. The music to we got to get atmosphere yeah. mismatches that real. We got to get to this cutscene. There's two cutscenes here. The first is right after this cutscene. Um, oh fuck! 
we forgot the echo vision. yeah no we did i was just looking at that i was like the echo vision happens before the raid yeah, so which makes no sense it, it doesn't should... god we i don't even want okay you know what it makes about as much sense as our recap to say it here so before this raid i'm sorry i got carried away before i wanted to be done <laughs> before this raid we got an echo vision from touching the aura site basically the aura site has the will of some memories in and we get we get to experience them and it answers all of our questions, kind basically. Uh, Delita ends up being weirdly simpy for, for Ramza. He's like, don't put your body in this. You're my best friend, which is not his characterization in fucking Final Fantasy Tactics. He's much more reserved <laughs> than that. Um, then um, Oron uh, it talks about writing the dry papers, uh, the chronicle of Ramza's stories, so that a future warrior of light can actually put away this threat that they've temporarily sealed. Um, and he is, I guess, willingly going to burn himself at the stake for this. And then is that how we're supposed to interpret that? I guess because he's just like I, somebody has to write it, and then the church is going to find out who it is, and then I'm going to die. So, but it doesn't circulate. He just has the one copy. The church found it, I guess. But we, but the, but Genomis has it, doesn't he? I he does. What did Oren do with the Oren book? Oren just really wants to go get burnt at the stake. He is just horny for that fire. He was, there, he's it, horny for two things. The One is the fire, and two is Alma, because he apparently just launched a seed up in yeah, there. Yeah, uh-huh. Alma is pregnant. Yeah, and that does not... That's not... That's not... That's just... That's a bold choice. I mean, I guess they have to explain how Genomus could be descended from him, I guess. I don't know that we needed this gap filled in. This this whole alliance. I just raid- want to point out that at the time of the end of the game, Final Fantasy Tactics, which is when this takes place, Alma is age fifteen, <sighs> and Oran is. I mean, not that it, not that it helps. Oran Durai is um, nine years her senior. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? This sucks ass and is weird. Great. Are you happy that we told you about that, everyone? <laughs> I, I'm, we could have maybe just swept it under the rug and people would have forgotten no, about glad it. No, I'm glad you called I this out. I was like, wait, didn't we? Anyway, now all those characters that we just talked about um, are back in memory form because the aura site is kind of ma- making them manifest, I guess. I okay. Know. This scene is good. It's great. This, this scene here... In which, um, yeah, Ramza at the end of Ramza, he Ramza appears in front of Ramza, and they both Ramza it up together. And they're like, "Nice job, Ramza!" And it's like, "You too, Ramza." Yes, and then like all the other ghosts like form in who are like you told me like all the different classes from Final Fantasy yeah, Tactics, yeah, yeah. who are also like all the bosses that we fought, and then like they're all grateful to us for finally putting this whole thing to bed. And then as Ghost Ramza makes to go, Ghost Delita shows up and apologizes for not doing a better job. And then Ghost Alma and Ghost the other guy uh, all show up, and it's time for them all to go face Hydaelyn together and finally be at peace. And it's like, this is a good payoff to a better story. Yeah, the, the story of Final Fantasy Tactics. It's like, a non-functional one here. It's weird. So um, I don't, I just don't agree with these the characterization of Delita very much, um, which sucks because I mean it is the author. It's the original author of Tactics and this whole evil saga matsuno um and he's an excellent writer it just does not translate to this medium very well 
without voice acting or any sort of like uh-huh. thing to break it up. It's just really, really dense. So it's just it's 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 dense and it's they have to cram so because Final Fantasy Tactics is also a dense game, but it's a sixty-hour game in its own right, and they just uh, there's like so much context that gets lost. And it's um and but then we do a bunch of fan servicing handshakery and it's wonderful and everyone gets to see their favorite tactics characters and uh we go back to the Prima Vista, everyone celebrates and we liven up and we get the play. The play. Finally. It sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's oh my god ferocious. There is It's just Alma and Ramza on the stage. What are we gonna do now? We're gonna do this. We're free. Why are we free? We're free because we can do what we want. Okay. That was a better version of the play we saw. I will say this. The the, the backdrop behind them looks uncannily like an actual set I built in high school for production of Hamlet that we put on. Oh, so good. the whole time I was watching it, I was kind of like freaked out. But the but the rest of it was just like it it's not even it's not even a fun parody of theatrical production. Yeah. It's just them kind of delivering like this sort of like interleave like interleaved soliloquy basically of like, you know, back and forth dialogue talking about like the themes of the show or whatever. And it's just it's not even fun. So rather than writing the sequel, he just adds a little addenda a little a couple lines at the end of the original and then we call it a day. Did did that make it worth it? That was all. That was all we got out of this. It's like the, the note we end on is their tale can now be told, and my note says boo. Can we go? Can we leave at intermission? Can we just go, please? Uh, can we go to the market board immediately? <laughs> we get one last bit here. Oh, no, in the Clockwork City of Gorg, uh, Garleans oh, are investigating. And no, I don't even want to talk about this. This is not. This is not a. Dr- this is just not. Oh, it doesn't matter. Enough. This doesn't matter. Okay. This, they're, they're try, they tease something that they do not deliver. I okay. Don't know. Fuck, fuck it. That's it. They're like, oh, we're going to use this thing. And they don't. It never. It's been six years. <laughs> they're not going to fucking do this. Matsuno's not even at Square Enix anymore. They can't use him. But I'm glad we did this. <laughs> okay. That's the content, everyone. I'm glad I'm here with you. <laughs> This is fun. We got through it together. <laughs> we have endured this. Um, please, please, please make this make this all worthwhile by getting us money by taking us directly to that board of markets. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, hey, look, streaming services, subscriptions, boxes, workout apps, car those, payments, those are bankruptcy all, obligations. Those are all things that exist. Mob debt. Yeah. You probably have dozens of those. Many of them recommended to you by us. Well, that last one, I don't know about. You know, hey, are the bills stacking up? When do, did you recommend Mob Dead? Do you dread your credit card statement every month and or the visit from Arnold the Fist Jaeger? Um, mm-hmm. The latter, I don't. Bill Free is a new service that promises to cleanly unsubscribe you from all your existing services and debts in one that clean That sounds kind of good. Yeah, it's great. So, um, I'm talking about Arnold the Fist. <laughs> Shut up. I went through their process. I signed up. It was a very clean onboarding. And uh, for all intents and purposes, my name is now Marcus Andreovich, and I'm a 46-year-old research geneticist. I was born in Berlin. But my parents moved to CU Falls, South Dakota when I was 11, and mm-hmm. I have a research lab there where that has produced over two dozen published papers on epigenetic expression. Wow. I own my house outright with my lovely wife and three children, each of whom has a credit card score of at least 740, and nice. no one can find me for any financial obligations. Okay, cool. 
ask me any questions about my new life. It's very detailed. I um, kind of want to ask questions about Arnold the Fish. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a nice guy if you get a drink with him. You just don't want to, you know, you don't want to be on his rounds. On his rounds? Yeah. What kind of rounds does he do? He comes and gets the collection money every month. Oh, okay. For, for like what? What would he collect on? What kind of acts would he collect on? But the, Just the, for example. The window of my pizza shop kept getting broken. Mm-hmm. So then I had to start paying money to stop the window of my pizza shop getting broken. Oh, okay. That's it? They just, they just, rather than like paying money, so he like fixed the window? Yeah, that's it. He's a craftsman. Oh, okay. Very so skilled with his hands. Very skilled. Very skilled with his hands. Very skilled with one hand in particular. Uh, which, which hand is that? His left hand. Left hand? What's the fist hand? That's the fist hand. That's the fist hand. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. Wow. Arnold seems like a really nice guy. This is like a really upstanding, working class individual with a, a regular job. So if I, it's like, I've, I've got a broken window, right? Yeah. You think you think I could, like, it's just like. You should, like, like, call him? Yeah, like, say, say uh, maybe or maybe not a broken window per se, but just like. You know, like my drawer is fucked up right like, i mean i don't have his number is the thing he's hard to get a hold of he, okay. fi- he finds you oh okay how, how does he find me uh well he's assigned to you if mm. you if, if if you know people don't like the way that you're operating business okay okay wait so you're saying so you had a broken window and he was assigned to you they didn't like the way you were operating business Right, what you're, what you're saying. Yes, it's from my insurance company. Oh, okay, fabulous. Sorry, right. what did you think I meant? What did you think you meant? What about what his job was? No, I mean we're talking about how he's so he's a he's a he's a tradesman that's assigned to you because they don't like your. I'm just saying things don't really add up here. Like why would some like you said you had a problem and he had it fixed for you, but why would they assign him to you if they didn't like the way you did business? What does that have to do with the broken window? Because he's a fixer. Uh huh. That means he fixes things. Yeah. No. No. I'm not. I'm not leaving so, this. So, so when, sometimes those things are little. Are people's kneecaps being unbroken? But he does okay. fix them. Oh, so he's like a doctor as well. Well, he's like an anti-doctor. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. You know, like the oath of doctors take. No, I don't. No, like there's... he took the opposite oath. Okay. Okay. So it's like rather than the Hippocratic oath, it's like the. It's like the 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 sheepomatic oath. Yes, he's he's for to do harm. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. So he, uh, this, um, your new life. I don't give a shit about. It's all. <laughs> this is all. We're all, we're all in on Arnie the Fist at this point. <laughs> I would love for him to come on the podcast. <laughs> you want me to see if I can book him for next episode? <laughs> next. That's really sudden. Okay. A couple I, episodes down the line, maybe in Shadowbringers, we could get Arnie you know, the Fist on. You know, I don't have his number, but if he tracks me down and see you fall South Dakota, I can I can let him know. Okay. That'd be really fun. Well, thanks so much for taking us on that journey into the market board. Um, go to BillFree.com, I guess. Yeah, go to BillFree.com. We're going to... Um, is, is there a promo code? I don't care. Hopefully, Arnie is It's probably it. Stormbuds. I don't know. They, they, I, I just signed up for the app at this point. So, at this point, we have our new regular, newish regular segment, the Charlian Forum, and uh, people on our Discord. If you haven't joined already, you could join all of our. Uh, you can find all of our socials in the description of the episode, including our Discord, where I've asked the question for the Charlian Forum. 
This week, I asked the Discord um, what their favorite live performance was. And oh, I yes. asked this a long time ago before we even did this to give you sort of a teaser of what was coming. <laughs> so we actually had time to get responses, which was great. Thank you, everyone. Um, we have here uh, from this person whose name is Rotisserie Chicken Fan Club. <laughs> That's pretty good. Your name was not Rotisserie Chicken Fan Club last one I checked, sir. I don't remember what it was. But he's... I mean, no lies detected. Uh, Rotisserie chickens are pretty good. I'm not a concert person, but I've seen a lot of live musicals. Um, His favorite... uh, uh, Their favorite. I guess I don't know their, their pronouns. The School of Rock, because of the fantastic music aside, the cast and audience energy was just really exciting. The audience does really add a lot, I would say. Yeah, and those kids were, he says, were so ridiculously talented, it, it blew his mind. That's, that's pretty cool. That sounds like a really great, that sounds like a really great experience. I've only seen the movie with Jack Black. I've oh, not yeah. Seen it live. I've not seen the musical. No, I've not seen it live. But that sounds, sounds excellent. Um, yeah, great audience energy really helps the performance. When that, that was absolutely not there for the the the, the evilest one um two people who are in our discord that are in a uh domestic marriage partnership together both said um they saw uh marina and the diamonds neon nature tour in 2015 as one of their favorite live performances very interesting cute little cute little share there um and Summoner Red, progenitor of the Gwen Stefani joke for Tataru and friend of the pod. <laughs> he also said um, that Madonna's Rebel Heart tour was probably the most visually engaging thing he's seen. Um, I have not seen Madonna perform live. I don't think I'm probably going to, but uh, I can imagine she's got the budget for a visually engaging tour. <laughs> yeah, I think she's got some money. A lot of really great answers in our Discord. Uh, feel free to join in on the conversation for the next episode. We'd love to have you. Uh, Alex, what is the live performance that you've seen that maybe has struck you as being the most memorable or interesting, impactful? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be impactful here, actually, because okay. like ranking them by best is hard. But like, so I saw a production of The Music Man at my local college production when I was like 10 years old. My mom yeah. took me to this. Like, you know, the music band about, you know, Harold Hill, the con man who comes into town and tries to sell instruments to the kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then he falls in love and turns good or whatever. And, like, and like I had seen that within a year or so of seeing the movie the movie version for the first time as well. And so seeing it put up on the stage like that and having it juxtaposed against a thing that I had seen filmed on a screen, like, it made theater click for me. Like, all of a sudden I realized, like, why you would actually do a stage production as opposed to just making movies all the time. Mm. Because I was able to see, like, oh... Even as like a kid, I, I grasped like within the limitations of the restricted sets and the restricted cast and the physicality of the space that you were in, you got something almost like a bit more out of out of the fact that everyone is clearly pretending, right? Out of the fact that every, we are sitting here in this little room watching these silly people like up on stage sing and dance and and act for us, and it kind of is what got me into theater to start with, and I went on to be a huge theater kid in high school. So yeah, I'd say The Music Man is probably one of the most impactful productions I've ever seen. Wow. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, As for myself, you know, I've had a whole lot of time to think about this. You have. (laughs) Ellipses? (laughs) M-dash? 
Not sure I could come Hyphen? up with a good answer. I'm not prepared for my own podcast. Um, that one am I ever though? I would say um, one impactful show physically, maybe two uh, impactful shows was when I went to go see uh, Annie Clark, uh, also known as St. Vincent, perform mm. live at the uh, f- um, First Avenue Theater. I bet that was uh, fun. She did crowd surf, and her butt did hit my face. Wow, all right. Yeah, that was pretty excellent. Have you ever, like, have you ever washed that spot of your like, scalp afterwards? Uh, it was not the scalp. It was, it was the cheek. It was the cheek. <laughs> was, we, we, we went, went cheek to cheek with Annie Clark. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always have that. I will always have that. Not when people can cl- can claim that. No, I've had a lot of people actually. <laughs> okay, you know maybe okay, not a lot, but not a lot in the scheme of things, but more than you might think. Oh, out of boy. the population on planet Earth, a small number. Yeah. Out of the number of people who've been to one of her shows, high enough, high amount. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Uh, with that, we'll, we'll put the we'll put the book we'll close the books on that. I will put the next Charlie and Forum discussion topic in the um, in the Discord pretty soon this weekend. Um, actually, probably about the time this episode airs, I'll put it put it up. So um, you can get in on the discussion quick and early if you join our Discord. The next episode patches four point four and four point five. I am so ready for Shadowbringers. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, um, if you recall, where did we leave? So we left off with quite a few, a bit of cliffhangers. Yeah. We left off right in the burn, right? With, oh uh, yeah. The desert. Yeah, Alphano yeah. being. Not, a des- not the desert. The burn. The burn. Okay. <laughs> That's very different. I Alpha- guess technically a desert. If yeah. there's no elements, there's no rainfall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alphano just got like met up with that dude in the burn with all the masks. Yeah. That's the main thing I remember. Um, so that's going to lead us into Shadowbringers, but is not technically Shadowbringers yet. Not yet. No. Um, but until the following episode, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Storm Buds. Really appreciate you and all you've done for us. You specifically. Okay. Well, born from Buds. <laughs> Storm of Buds. We've been the Storm Buds baby. Good night. Good night. Not from once. Not from twice. Can't keep a good man down. Three.